her and her sister and I went to Great America because I worked there, and they liked roller coasters. And I was trying to um, impress her and rekindle and trying to show how you know courageous of a man I was <laughs> or could be and wasn't. But So I'm terrified of heights, and I hate roller coasters. Hate them. So I thought, okay. And she knew that before. Like I'm gonna overcome my fear and show her how courageous I am and how manly I am and go on a roller coaster. So I thought I'd start with um, the Dark Knight because it was indoor. I figured it'd be dark and I would never see exactly how high I would be, and that was not the case. There were lights <laughs> everywhere, and I could see that we were going up for a long way, and then all the way down, I screamed like a baby. <laughs> And then the next ride was the Rage and Cajun. Because then I thought to myself, okay, I've heard from people who like roller coasters and who work at Six Flags with me that the Dark Knight was an indoor version of the Rage and Cajun. So if I survive the Dark Knight, I should be able to do the Rage and Cajun. And I, I, I don't know, familiar with Six Flags roller coasters. Been a long time. And the, the Rage and Cajun, it, it is like, it's just as high and just as long. But on that one, the you're in a cir- circular car. And the car spins as you go through the roller coaster. Oh, wow. So that just adds a whole other level. Not that I'm afraid of spinning. I actually like spinny things. I don't get sick or nauseous that easily. But it just added a whole other level of this is not what I signed up for. And I screamed <laughs> like a baby again. And then finally, the and third. And then you became a priest. My th- <laughs> then, yeah. The third coaster I tried was the Wizard, which is like the one the kids go on. Uh, it's like the, the intro roller coaster. And her sister sat in front of me, and she was the, the girl I liked was in the car behind me, um, which is great. I mean, her sister just told her everything anyways. It really didn't matter, but she couldn't see the look on my face. Um, but, like, her sister sat in front of me, and I just, like, I, I almost, like, squeezed the life out of her sister. <laughs> I'm just so afraid going through the wizard. And then, like, there was, like, a five-year-old girl in front who just happened to be tall enough to get on the friggin' ride and making me look like a chump. She was bored. Yeah, <laughs> so like, this is anyway, a lame that ride, was that um. was probably my worst, my worst date dating oh, experience. Man. And celibacy just looked all the more exciting. Yeah, I am really trying to think about. Well, I, clearly you're just such a dapper gentleman, Paul. Like, no, well, you know, okay, so this is not a dating experience, okay. but so I went, I went to England for a year uh, in undergrad, and I come back from England, and there was this girl. She was part of our circle of friends, a pretty girl, you know, but she was engaged when I left, and so and I not to you, not to me, not to <laughs> me, and so I see, I'm like Jen, how are you? you know, I haven't been on campus in a year, you know, and there she says, Jen, how are you? I say, hey, Paul, I'm like, hey, um, I was like, hey, so we gotta hang out again, you know, you 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 still hanging out with? I'll uh, get the whole gang together. Uh, my friend Polly and me, I had a friend, another friend named Paul, and I was like, friend Polly, and she's like, oh, I, I don't, I don't really talk to Paul anymore. I was like, oh, yeah, we had a really bad falling out. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, uh, anyway, we, don't, well, let's hang out, like me, you, your fiance. Are you married? She's like, I, uh, we broke up. Oh, and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, Jen, I'm, I. This is a horrible. I'm. I'm not gonna ask. Actually, about this you. is before Facebook and all the exactly yeah. the ways that you are old. You I'm are old. old. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not. I'm not gonna ask about your mom because she's probably dead. She goes, my mom passed away from cancer two months ago. I go, oh no my, way, <laughs> no God. way. I go, Jen, my gosh, I am. I am so sorry. 
Have a great life. <laughs> Goodbye. I've never seen her. Never saw her again. Oh, I was my like, goodness. I, like, I, you, you can't make that up. I mean, that was just one, no, strike you, one, you strike you two, strike three. Like, so welcome to our podcast. I'm Father Dominic. I'm Paul Maneric. And this is our Ed Talks podcast where we hope to inspire saints who inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. And today, as we talked about some cringy and awkward dating things, uh, we're talking about the sacrament of marriage in our podcast today, of which uh, one of us is a, a expert? Uh, veteran. Veteran. Yes. Let's go with veteran. I'm not an expert. My no. wife would tell you I'm not an expert <laughs> at marriage. but I am. Happy wife, happy life. Amen. Amen. <laughs> So without the to, – to make up for the cringy things, Paul, yes. tell us how you and Whitney fell in love. Oh, man. It's, uh, it's And you a, can play this by you know, leading up to Valentine's Day. My score you some brownie points. Yeah. You know what? And this year, I'll, say, I'll start with this. This is the first year in my entire dating and marriage life with Whitney where I'm, we are going to celebrate Valentine's Day. She, she is historically opposed to Valentine's Day. Really? Yes, because she says that you, know, you shouldn't be – you shouldn't be told to give me romance on this day. You okay. Know, you should just be spontaneous and from you. So so she's like, it's cheap if it comes on February 14th. Okay. But then last year she was like, next year I want to celebrate Valentine's Day. <laughs> and you remembered that. I did. See, that's got, also got to score you some points. Yeah. It's going to, yes. Woo! So then to be spontaneous, would you do it like on the 13th or the 15th? I don't know. I mean, maybe I I'll, would think sooner would be better than later. Or maybe I'll just take her to Sonic or something like that. And like, that's my... Uh, the quickest way to my heart is ice cream. Well, or geez. shakes. Or hot dogs, right? Like all Not those... from Sonic. Yeah. Gina anyway. Jude's maybe. All right. All right. So you and Whitney, how'd you fall in love? Yeah. Well, uh, we I met. I know there was alcohol involved. It was beer. 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 Very copious amounts of beer in Durham, North Carolina. I'm not. I'm from Virginia. Whitney's from Detroit, and, uh, and I, you met in North Carolina. In Durham, North Carolina, on the field okay. where they filmed Bull Durham, Durham Athletic, the historic Durham Athletic Park. It's another movie to add to my. Oh uh, yeah, Susan Sarandon, Tim yeah. Robbins. Yeah, good stuff. Kevin Costner. Um, anyway, so there we are, uh, there I am and, uh, with a group of friends and there's this pretty girl and, uh, we hit it off at the beer festival. Whose mother didn't die two months prior. No, I, and, <laughs> yeah, and she hadn't broken up with a fiance. Even better. She hadn't, uh, had a falling out with a mutual friend. Right, I won't interrupt you again. I promise. No, it's all good. You can interrupt. Actually, no promises. It's <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, so we met we hit it off and, uh. Then the end of the, you know, we exchanged numbers. Let's meet up after the beer festival. Yeah, absolutely. And then she went off with her crew and I went off with my crew and we didn't meet up. But anyway, so a year goes by and, and I am going back to the same beer festival in Durham, North Carolina. A year and later. A year later. Okay. So we go in there, go straight to this place, Coonan's Brewery. And the whole time I'm sitting there going... What if this Whitney girl's here, you know? And I'm looking around like, well, she didn't contact me, so I'm not going to contact her because that's, you know, my Uh manly pride. (laughs) And uh, so uh, we're there, the 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 festival goes straight in. Guys, there, and I'm like, hey, could we have? And I count my friend like seven stout uh, creme brulee Java stouts. Guys, like seven stouts, and this girl starts pouring the beers, and I look, and I, Whitney, she looks up, she's like, Paul. And uh, I was like, oh my goodness. It's like a How I Met Your Mother, like, 
moment. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and I was wearing because this was the year that the Indians were playing the New York Yankees in the American League Division Series. Wow. And uh, we, we beat them. It was the year of Fausto Carmona with the bugs on his face. It was awesome. Anyway, so I had an Indians jersey uh, on. And she was like, Indians? Because she was from Detroit. She's like, really? Indians? And I'm like, yeah, go tribe. Anyway, um, so we hung out. And then this time we were like, well, that's definitely. So we went out and we went to a karaoke bar afterwards. And I sang, are you going to be my girl from the band Jet? Um, Purposely? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, All right. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was a, yeah, you know, game. All yeah, right. Yeah, and so we did that, <laughs> and then um, again, then she went back to the hotel she was staying in. I went to the hotel I was staying at, and then maybe exchanged some things. But then again, like fizzled out, and then all of a sudden, a year later, my cousin's getting married in Chicago. So by this time, I found out that Whitney lives in Chicago. Okay. So I'm still in D.C., um, Virginia, um, and I'm like, all right. Well, I'm, my cousin's like, you want to be an usher at my wedding? I said, yeah, can I bring a girl? She's like, of course, yeah, fine. So I, I text message Whitney. I was like, hey, I'm going to be in Chicago. And your, your time, uh, your town. Uh, she's like, wait, who is this? I was like, oh, she doesn't have my Yikes. number. And I'm like, so I was like, I'm not going to tell her. And I was like, but I want her to know. So uh, <laughs> we met at a beer festival in North Carolina. She was like, Paul? I was like, okay, she's in. She's back in. Okay, it's cool. <laughs> so yeah, so then... I still give you a lot of props for a a random girl that you met for two days and you're willing to take her to a wedding. Well, so this is another city. Maybe this is my my awkward dating thing, too, because I I, then I say I'm like, well, my cousin. So my my recollection is I said, my cousin's getting married. Would you like to be my date? Her recollection is I'm going to a wedding. Would you like to? She's like, she said to this day, she's like, if I had known it was a family wedding, I never would have gone. Well, and praise God that she only partially uh, listened. This is the whole <laughs> Well, no, she's probably right. And I probably don't. Anyway. Oh, you are so, a veteran. So we got this. there and, uh, yeah, well, yeah, she's always right. So, uh, yeah, so we got there, we hit it off and, uh, went to a Cubs game and, uh, yeah, went back to finish up my grad school and I got off the plane in Virginia and I was like, Hmm. Man, I, either I'm hungry or uh, I've got a really big crush on this girl. And so I got a Chipotle uh, burrito. <laughs> the feeling was still there. The feeling was still there. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is the real thing. So, yeah. So, and then here I am, married now. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a really, that's really, that's that's beautiful. Sorry, it was too long, though. It was, a lot, it was like half our podcast right there. That's the no, story of Paul and Worth Whitney. it. Worth <laughs> it. Um, no, it's, that's absolutely worth uh, hearing. Because you know it's it's always important to remember those those moments, right? Of seeing her at uh, for for all married couples, right? Because uh, a lot of crap happens in life, and but when you know when life gets in the way, it's right. important to remember those 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 very special moments. And, and now that you have you know two beautiful daughters as well, to include that in in all of your your fond memories, yeah. Um, those, those are those are always good stories to share. Um, I'd recommend everybody share in those stories and remember them fondly. So, Paul, marriage is the point of marriage. Then just have someone to share those stories with. No. So, no, veteran, a much bigger point to marriage. Veteran husband, tell tell my celibate self what why get married. Well, I've got a pretty good life here. Well, I like to. Go We're gonna to- talk about holy orders in like two weeks, but. I like to go to one of my favorite quotes from St. Paul where he says, it's better to marry than to burn. <laughs> I, I can't say I remember that one. 
It's true. I, I'll, I'll get the quote later <laughs> while you're talking. I'll look it up. Okay. I actually used that as a best man in a speech once. I was, and I told my friends, I was like, I had no idea you guys were down to these two options, but you've chosen wisely. <laughs> That's um, how it, it is where better that one to is. marry than to burn. Um, it's got to be the Dewey Rays. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's here. So, um, Anyway, no, the reason why, but in, in the flip side of burning is, of course, eternal life with God in heaven. And that is why we get married. We get married because in an ideal relationship, we draw each other towards God, towards heaven, towards, we help each other in our journey towards heaven, in our pilgrimage on this earth to get to our true home in heaven. And uh, along the way, we seal that, that kind of bond by bearing children if that's god's will right mm-hmm. like it's not not all married couples bear children um but that is the natural kind of outcome of marriage and that that helps to seal that relationship i know sometimes parents you're like this no that is what is dividing us right now we are like losing our minds because of these kids yeah. but um it is and it's so then it's that that teamwork that you guys have to work as a family as that domestic church to work together and everyone kind of leads each other helps draw each other towards um heaven. and and it's an image of the church i mean i'm glad you brought in the the domestic church because we see in the married couple uh, a mirror of the blessed trinity uh, but then in the love of a family we see uh, i know we talked about the domestic church in other podcasts but we just see how god interacts with us his people and it's a beautiful thing um when i when i celebrate weddings i always mentioned in my homily how married couples are live walking billboards for how awesome and loving God is. Because we see in how they love each other and in how they love their children, who, yes, at times drive you crazy. Um, And I, as a child, I know how many times I drove my parents crazy. They were quick to tell me when I was doing it. Um, Even now as an adult, they're quick to tell me when I'm driving them crazy. Um, but it's in that love that we see the love of, of the father, right? So, you know, as much as I drove my parents bonkers, I knew they always loved me unconditionally. And I, I tell parents in the confessional, especially when they confess being overly angry at their children, um, I, I, I remind them, I said, in, in the same way that you could never – uh, you you will always forgive your child. Like yes, you you confessed anger towards them, and you may have you know yelled at them more and said things you regret saying to them. Um, but you forgive them for whatever they did that caused you to lose control. Uh, in the same way, but better. That's how the Father loves you, or loves all of us, right? I mean, God doesn't lose control; He keeps His control and continues to love us. But He always forgives us. Um, so parents have a, a more unique sense of the father's love for us, his children, um, than anyone who's not a parent would. Um, and God's love is even more perfect. And we see that in in the married couple um, and, and in the family as a whole. But when you see a husband and wife just loving each other, like you and Whitney, as I've witnessed, you, you see the love of the Trinity and that complementarity of of the man and woman of the two of you forming one flesh um, in that sacrament that you are united in the same way the Trinity is united. And then from that, you form a family just as the Trinity is, has formed and created the whole world. It's a beautiful thing. Marriage marriage is a beautiful gift to the church and to the world. It is. And I think that 
I, I, I always remember my dad. He always, you know, growing up, my dad, you know, he's got things. So he'd always say to me, kids, love is a choice. Love is an act of the will. And when you're a kid, you're like, oh, here he goes again. Love is an act of the will. But really, it is a mature love upon which marriages thrive, right? And that mature Amen. love is Amen. on the cross. And so if you want to have, the, like, that's why it's so beautiful to get the sacramental marriage where you're there and there is a cross there. A crucifix is there because God literally shows us, hey, marriage, it's, it's awesome, but there's a lot of hard moments and every, every husband, every wife who's listening knows that. And unless you are willing to have a mature love, which is on the cross, right? Like laying down your life for the good of another, unless you have that as a foundation, then your marriage is gonna, it's gonna struggle. And, and it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to accomplish, a hard thing to keep in, in, in front of you, but it is important. It's the all important ingredient to a successful marriage. And, um, and, and like we were saying, you were, you were talking earlier, like, okay, well, it's, Dating advice, stuff like that, right? Right. So that, I'm glad you brought that up. I was just going to ask you. Yeah, how like, long you've been when you've been married? So we've been married for uh, ten years. All right, uh, so going. Ah, oh, well, Mazel tov. Thank you. Uh, well, last last uh, June eleventh, okay. uh, twenty one was our so ten, uh, June eleventh, two thousand eleven was our marriage. Nice. Six eleven eleven. Um, and so last year was our tenth anniversary. And uh, but so a ten year veteran. Ten year veteran. And what do you have looking for for the young people? Hopefully. All of the young people listening. <laughs> All of the young people the listening. Thousands, the millions of, of teens that as listen. they are in their dating and young adults. I'm sure we've got some young adults. Uh, more millions. <laughs> what's what's practical good dating advice looking toward the end of marriage if that's where God is calling them to live in their vocation? Yeah, well, so I'm so one thing that I talk to the the St. Ed's kids about when I you, would say don't pretend to like roller coasters. <laughs> Especially if you have a weak stomach. Um, I haven't been on a date since 2009. <laughs> and and let's let's keep it that way. That's a good streak. Let's keep yeah, it going. Yeah, good streak. Um, so I, I I told the kids I was like, look, because this love right here of of Christ on the cross is is a love that you need to carry into marriage. So you got to start practicing that. You got to start practicing self sacrifice to put. And it doesn't have to be in a romantic sense, right? It's practice self-sacrifice anywhere you can. Flex that muscle. And so do things for your little brothers, your little sisters. Do things for your parents. Do things for older people that need a little help. Just be kind. Do service. Um, Help the poor. Go to food pantries. Any way where you are. And do it when it's inconvenient to you. You know, be like, man, my friends have invited me to this party. I really want to go. But I've already committed to going to a Mary the Angels, a Lady of the Angels food pantry tomorrow morning, and I know if I go to this party, I'm going to be up late, and I'm never going to get up. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to pass tonight. I'm just going to go next time. There's a party like that. You flex that muscle now, so Amen. that you can practice it with e- greater ease once you're actually in marriage. And and also pray, pray for your your future spouse right now. Amen. Pray, say you know, ask God to to help. Fill that future spouse with the graces that he or she is going to need in marriage to, again, practice that self-sacrificial love. Um, I, I think that those, the, the idea of praying for your spouse, praying for yourself for discernment, your spouse already, and then practicing that self-sacrificial act of love, that mature love. Start getting the mature love. You're going to have that awesome 
ooey gooey feeling of love and that's that's a part of it but it's such a minuscule part you sit down to anyone who's been married and they'll tell you that comes and goes in marriage right that feeling comes and goes um but what doesn't come or go are is your ability to choose the good for the for your spouse mm-hmm. and so that is a, that is a daily choice and that's i would I, I i love and agree with everything you just said and if I were to add, Good. <laughs> and if I were to add anything, it would be with within the discernment as you're dating to constantly ask, you know, ask the Lord, is this the person, Lord? If you're calling me to the sacrament of marriage, if that's my vocation, is this the person you're calling me to love into heaven and to get into heaven? And like you said, to die on the cross for them, because we're not all willing to die on the cross for everybody. Um, and if, and if you can't see yourself doing what Christ did for the world for that person you're dating, then the Lord is not calling you. Cut it out. To be, cut it out. Thank yeah. you. I'm, oh, and Bob Saget just died. I know. Full God, house reference. I know. Anyway, um, uh, but if so if fun. you're not if you're not willing to love like Christ that that person, then end it. Then the Lord is not calling you to be in that relationship. Yeah. Oh well, maybe this is my. Maybe we can we can wrap it up with my. My awkward dating thing. Well, it's not really a dating thing, it, although this is a girl I was dating, and um, I, I that was how I lived my life, right? Like when I before I met Winnie, I was just like, as soon as something in my brain, nope, can't marry this girl. I'd call her. I'd be like, look, we're done. Like I can't. I'm like it's not. I'm Good not gonna you. mess around, wasting my time or your time. I'm not gonna marry. I, I can't do it. So. I had this talk with this girl. I was in grad school and I didn't know. Like I did. So I was like, I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'm being called to be a priest. So maybe I, I, and you know, which was a true statement, but I don't know. I kind of, I was like, did I just break up with a girl and tell her that maybe I'm going to be a priest? I don't know. So maybe that was like the worst. She, I don't know how she felt about my, uh, my, it's not you, it's me Uh talk. But then I tried to throw in the priesthood to like soften that and make it less, (laughs) less cliche. I don't know. She didn't want to be a chalice chipper. No, no. Uh, This is what we call women who take guys away from the seminary chalice chippers. Ah, those. And the reverse, the guys that take girls out of convents are called veil rippers. (laughs) Oh, neither name you. You don't want those names. You get some, some, uh, priest slang. All right. See, this is why you listen to ad talks for cool. (laughs) Teach all the, the inside lingo. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, that's it. Again. That's, that so, was it. Yeah. But yeah, and so I agree. Um, pray about it. And if you discern that this is not the person for you, as soon as, like, just let, let him know. Let her know. This is not. Better than, than 20, 15, 10 years, five years in a marriage. Um, and, and, start, and then you recalibrate yeah. and you start looking your, your back and you're, you're saying, okay, well, maybe now I'm open, more open to the person that I'm meant to be with, you know? And Amen. So anyway, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing uh, some cringy and also some lovely, a lovely story. Yeah. Of oh, you and Whitney. The Creme Brulee Java Stout, our friends at the brewery, because Whitney worked for that brewery. So they they okay. weren't able to come to the wedding, but th- as a gift to us, they let us go to the brewery and we brewed a special batch because they don't brew that beer regularly. Okay. Let's brew a batch of that beer and bottle it. And that was a, a gift to all of our guests. Was a I thought you gave out meat at your wedding. Uh, we had some. We had meat as well on the okay. table, but we only had one per table of the meat. But oh, we gave everyone everybody a got a bottle of beer. Uh, and I, creme they, brulee stout. The creme brulee stout. They let me design my own label. I called it Serendipity Stout. And nice. And I had a little, sto- little brief version of the story on the back. It was cool. That's cool. Yeah. I wish we still had a bottle. It would be we terrible. Should- 
But, no, yeah. Well, maybe we could brew one in the yeah in uh, the St. Ed's brewery that yeah. I got in my garage. Uh, my my, I'll talk to Brett Coonan. Coonan, see if you get the uh, see if you can get the uh, oh. recipe. He'll give us so a coming recipe. soon. Serendipity Stout <laughs> Part Two. I love it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. I'm Father Dominic. I'm Paul Maneric. and this is where we hope to inspire saints who inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen.